every week spilling the Broadway tea with your special host, Mitch Wisniewski. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 5 of the Broadway Beat Podcast. I am your host, Mitch Wisniewski. Before we start the episode, I want to give a brief shout out to my friend Athena Darius for sending me the music that you guys just listened to. We got some intro music now, only took me five episodes. Uh, so thank you to Athena, <laughs> she's the best. And uh, without further ado, let me introduce my guest host today. He is uh, the incomparable, legendary <laughs> actor of oh stage my gosh. and screen. <laughs> uh, you've seen him in such productions as uh, Spring Awakening, Book of Mormon, and most recently, A Clockwork Orange, uh, which has some yeah. great, great, uh, interesting quotes about it on the internet. Yeah. Um, please welcome to Broadway Beat, Matt Doyle. Hey, guys. guys. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was quite an intro. Thank you, Mitch. <laughs> Well, I'm so happy to have you um, on the show because you have uh, a really interesting career. You've done a lot of different shows, a lot of different things, and you have some interesting perspectives that we can add to the news. Definitely. I'm happy to be here, happy to be on the show. Well, speaking of that news, let's jump in with the top story of the week. There's been a huge, like, this story was, uh, this week was like the week to every Broadway press office was like, hey, let's dump an announcement. So I yeah. have like a bunch of stories this week. But uh, the first one is that Fox is soon going to be living La Vie Boheme. The live Woo! television adaption of Rent has set its premiere date. Uh, the Tony and Pulitzer Prize winning musical from the late Jonathan Larson will air January 27th, 2019 at 7 p.m. with a West Coast tape delay. As previously reported... Oh my god! I know, I'm so excited. excited. It's really exciting. Uh... They, Rent is the second upcoming live musical for Fox. The network's live presentation of A Christmas Story, featuring a score by Benj Pasek and Justin Paul, will air on December 17th. Now, are you excited? I mean, like, completely over the moon. First of all, Fox did Grease, uh, like, really well. Like, that was, I we all so expected too. that to be the hottest mess ever, and it turned out to be phenomenal um and and so the fact that they're that it's in the hands of fox now and mark platt i'm like all right you can do no wrong after if you if you did grease that well then i'm very excited to see what you're going to do with rent and um yeah i mean i have no idea the cast are going to put together it's going to be i i'm i'm hoping look if it's mark Flat. Like you have the most talented son on the planet, who's also like the hottest like actor in the world right yeah, now. So let's Platt. let's maybe hope for a Ben Platt mark. That would be yeah, incredible. I mean, that's like um, the thing that's been like people have been saying. I that would be great. That would be incredible. I hope so. I mean, it seems like you know a no brainer with with everything involved there, and he's also just like a brilliant, brilliant actor. So it would be thrilling to see him do that role. And yeah, I mean, I I can't wait. I can't wait to see what gets put together here. It's a uh, it's one of my favorites, as oh, I think a lot of people know. I saw it like 21 times growing up, so uh, <laughs> I am I am not opposed to there being a uh, Rent Live. I, I will totally be tuning in. Yeah, the casting, as you mentioned before, the casting hasn't been announced. But is there anyone that you would like? You need in, besides Ben Platt. Like, is there anyone that you would like love to see any of your friends or anything uh, that you would just like? You need to see someone. 
from your I hope they dive into the Broadway pool. I really do. Mm-hmm. I, I know that it's 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 gonna be a real Hollywood production, I'm sure. Um and and it should be. It's rent, you know, it's a great way to bring in pop stars and everything like that. But I think there's so many great ensemble roles in rent and great tracks like that we all know through and through. Like e- even if it's just a somebody that sings one line in that show, we all know that line like it's you know, a yeah. religion. So um I hope for those those smaller bits uh they at least dive into the broadway pool for some of uh, the other roles and i hope they go um you know relatively young they it, it is a young uh young story and i always like seeing uh younger actors play those roles and um i would love to see somebody in the role of roger that maybe is like a, a big pop star right now that can kind of uh show us his chops a little bit more and um and or maybe in the role of Mimi, like if they bring in a pop star, I want it to be someone that they're like, you have no idea what this person can actually do. And that would be really fun to see. Oh, that'd be great. I was thinking because uh, Vanessa Hudgens was so great in Greece uh, that she yeah. probably I've, I know she did a couple She'd years be an ago. Awesome she Mimi. did Mimi at the Hollywood Bowl. They did yeah. um, with like Aaron Tavay and stuff. But so, yeah, that would be cool. I would love to see that. Yeah, I would love that. And I, I heard she was great. And yeah, she was so fantastic on Greece. So, um, yeah, maybe, maybe that's a possibility. I have no idea. I know like everybody in the world wants to be in it, including myself. We're all oh, like, what's totally. happening with it? You know, um, I was like, I will literally like just stand in the background and park and bark. But uh, <laughs> just because it's freaking rent, it's like. Like for me, it's like somebody doing like Star Wars live. I'm like, yes, I'll be there. Yes. <laughs> I just need to be in it. <laughs> it's it's a legend. Yeah, it is a legend. Yeah. Speaking of legends, uh, there's some very some very exciting casting news on the West End. Uh, Broadway legend Patty Lapone has boarded the upcoming London production production of Company from director Marianne Elliott, taking on the role of Joanne. The show will offer a gender-reverse take on several characters, though Joanne is not one of them. Uh, The previously announced Rosalie Craig will take center stage as Bobby, now portrayed as Bobby with an I. Uh, Joanne will remain a female character, as originally written by composer Stephen Sondheim and book writer George Firth, but additional characters will join Bobby in being portrayed as the opposite gender. Flight attendant April will now be male, renamed Andy. Um, Lapone currently stars as Helena Rubinstein in Warpaint on Broadway. She'll take her final bow when the show closes December 30th. This production of Company will open a fu- in fall of 2018. I mean, awesome. Yeah, that's really um, cool. Yeah, it's so cool. I, I, and I think, think it's the best way to kind of contemporize that show right now. Um, because I do think, and this is like sacrilegious to say, I know, especially because I love everything Sondheim, don't get me wrong, but I do think the show is, is a little dated right now. Um, especially, you know, in terms of everything that's going on in this world, I would love to see some really, really strong female characters like that. And, uh, Marianne Elliott, Oh my goodness. I just adore her so much. I worked with her on War Horse and she's a good friend of mine. So oh, cool. no one to helm that piece. I mean, better than, than she is. I, I just, I, I can't say enough good things about her. Obviously she's just amazing, but, um, how cool is that? I mean, I, I'm, I'm thrilled that that's happening and Patty freaking Lapone on the West End. I need to go see it. Oh, I know. Right. I like, I think it's, I just think it, I, I'll bet the PA piggyback off you. I think it's so innovative that they're doing it with, gender reverse is there any other show that you would love to see like or any other role that you're like i would love to see that gender reversed oh gosh um oh i mean i I just go to like really kind of known like sexist shows we're reviving (laughs) um you know and there's so 
many of them, yeah. uh, unfortunately. But we're reviving two very, very, very sexist shows this year. And I'm thrilled that it's happening. And I can't wait to see this, the, the voice that, that gets put, put, you know, to these roles. But, um, in terms of Carousel and My Fair Lady, boy, would it be interesting to maybe see that switched up a little bit. And, uh, and not, not that that's going to happen in these revivals. Obviously we know that, but you know, in the future, I, I would love to maybe see something done with My Fair Lady where, you know, a woman picks up a, a man off the street and, uh, you know, teaches him how to, be a a proper gentleman or something oh, like that. Be I, cool. Yeah, be really um, cool. switching that around a bit, but yeah, I mean, it's nice to it's nice to see a woman take on on uh, Bobby. I think that's going to be thrilling and uh, and really empowering because it is. It's mm-hmm. a, it's such a masculine role to hear a woman sing those those uh, those words would be thrilling. Yeah. The next story up is we have, while well, we're talking about exciting things happening in 2018, uh, there has recently been an update on the upcoming national tour of Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. The Post's Michael Rydell reported earlier this week that there is an, that the already announced national tour of the Tony-nominated show will be launching from San Francisco next year, and that a West End production of the musical is also in the works and will arrive in London in 2019. So I'm like a little confused by this story because I remember how long it took them to convert the Imperial to do that show. Yeah. How are they going to take the show on tour? I don't know. What I will say is that I saw all of this this week with the, you know, um, and, and I Riedel's sometimes very right. And you're, we sit here going, how the hell did he possibly learn that news before everyone else <laughs> did? But I have it on pretty good authority, actually great authority that that's all bullshit and not going to happen but we'll see um i mean uh, i would i just hope the show's not dead i would love to see it in the west end and see them i mean that's the perfect perfect town for it and uh Mm -hmm. i would love to see them you know take on another venue like that and and completely uh revamp a space some of those old london theaters would be so right for that show um i have no idea how they would do it on tour i really don't and if anyone has seen it on broadway or saw it on broadway and experienced that i i know you feel the same way i mean that was such a massive renovation that they did for that experience um so that would be very strange is that maybe they would do it remember when it was off broadway and it was like in a tent in a parking lot yeah I was yeah. thinking, like, maybe they would just, like, have it, like, almost like a circus and have, like, yeah, a Yeah, and that would be really cool. Which if I could see If it was kind happening. of like a traveling circus, that would be fantastic. Um, but I don't know how true this story is right now. What I will say is I hope it's true because <laughs> I was really, really, really upset with how it ended and the fact that it's closed um so i i really hope that the show lives on but i from what i've heard that 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 is all kind of a load of bullshit so exclusive because i know it's actually really interesting that you say that because i have saw so many like fan accounts reposting and that story and kind of like spreading it so debunking the fake news here on broadway beat I know. Well, I have no, you know, that's just, that's what I kind of asked around myself this past week going, wait, what? You know, so we'll, <laughs> we'll see if that's true. But I, I, I got a lot of rolled eyes when I asked about it. So, yeah, like, um, I mean, like we said, I really, we hope it's true because it'd be so great if the show could live on and more of the country could see it. But, um, yeah. yeah. 
possibly yeah, and I need I need the West End production to happen. That oh, totally. I think is absolutely going to happen, and I mean it needs to be in London. That is such such a perfect town for it. Yes, for sure. Uh, here's the story that I just found to be really interesting. Earlier this week, Wicked composer Stephen Schwartz did an interview with Broadway World about the upcoming Prince of Egypt musical that's premiering out of town at TheatreWorks Silicon Valley, in which he revealed updates about the Wicked movie. Uh, Schwartz mm-hmm. said, quote, there is a draft, a first draft of the screenplay that Winnie Holtzman, with a little input from me, has finished. Our director, Stephen Daldry, and our producer, Mark Platt, have it and have responded favorably, and now we're going to find a time to get together and see what further work to do uh, what further work to do on it to try and get to the point where we have a, a shooting script. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, that's a long-winded way of saying, you know, there is an ongoing process, but things are moving ahead. Yeah. Right. So let's unpack this for a second. First off, yeah. Prince of Egypt musical, which is why he gave the interview in the first place, and I picked one quote out of the, out of the entire interview to talk about. Right. Uh, let's talk about that. I'm so excited for this. I love Prince of Egypt so much. I really do. And um, I, you know, I remember all the controversy last year with the casting of just the concert version that they were doing, which was a shame because it kind of launched it into uh, um, a, a bad light. But mm-hmm. I, hopefully they do it right. Hopefully they cast it right with uh, with people of color, obviously. Um, and uh, I, I would really, really love to see Prince of Egypt um kind of find its way to New York just because that score is so good. I love that movie and that score is remarkable. Um, yeah, so I'm a, deserves, I'm a big fan of Prince of Egypt. It's a story that deserves to be done on like the biggest stage possible with all the special <sighs> effects and all the yeah. things and like, and I hope it's done in a really like cool, you know, special effects, but you know, theater craft special effects. Like yeah. I would love to see it in a like Nicholas Nickleby way where ropes and, and fabric and, you know, done in a really beautiful, like eye catching way like that would just yeah. be stunning. Um, but I have no idea. I mean, uh, hopefully, hopefully it finds its way here. I know it started with all that controversy, so hopefully it can move past that because I do think the story is so good and the, the score is so incredible. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, secondly, the main point of this story is uh, the Wicked movie. Are you excited for it? Yes. Uh, yes, I am. Now, you're a little I bit... I mean, who isn't? Come on. Even if you, like, even if you're one of those who needs to hate on Wicked, you are <laughs> a little excited about the movie. Like, everyone is. It's 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 Wicked, for Christ's sake. Yeah. We're all going to see it. Oh, um, yeah. And also, I love how much... Mark Platt is like all over the news. <laughs> it's like, yeah. This is all Mark Platt. It's a big projects. week for Mark. Today's Broadway yeah. beat is brought to you by Mark Platt. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, no, but who is speaking of like, you know, just castings. I don't know. They, I mean, they probably haven't, if they don't even have a shooting script, they haven't like put on any like casting announcements or anything, but um, it's one of those things again, big Hollywood. Is there anyone that you'd like to see in it? Yes. My friend Beth has been rumored and approached and like discussed for the role of Glinda, and she is uh, Kristen Chenoweth's first choice. She said it publicly. Oh, cool. Uh, Beth Bears. She's, uh, she's from the sitcom Two Broke Girls, and I am championing her for that role. I think that she would be phenomenal, and uh, she's an unbelievable soprano, and then also just has the comedic chops for it. So I know Kristen wants her to play it, so that, that to me, you know, that's, that's all you need. Um, no. But I, I would love to see Beth do it, and also... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there are some really great young 
Beltrices right now. I think Demi Lovato would be awesome. If you want to like go pop star, we've got a few that could like scream their faces off. And, um, but I, you know, I don't know. Who do you see for Elphaba? Like that's young and hot right now. Elphaba. I mean, uh, I like, I'm so bad at music and stuff like that. I'm not a musical theater actor, but so like when it comes to music and parts and stuff like that, but like I would, um, I just like, I, I always think when I think of Elphaba immediately, I think Philippa Sue. I don't know if she yes. has the right voice part for it, but uh, yes, I mean, if we're sticking like Broadway, yeah. I, like, well, we got here's the thing: I'm such a Broadway of, fan yeah. that I would love to see. I just want it to go straight Broadway. Uh, I know that uh, I, um, I think I speak like in other parts. Also, I remember last week on Broadway Beat or a couple weeks ago, we talked about how Adele is in talks to do Oliver, and I think that she would be a great Madame Morrible. Oh yeah, or Lady yeah. Gaga. Oh, Lady Gaga as Madame Morrible. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be awesome. Or even like Just something like Alphabet. really, that would yeah. be great. She has yeah. the chops and the uh, and the acting. We saw like on American Horror Story. Now they're doing. She certainly has the acting, and and I know that uh, Gaga is a huge Wicked fan and was a huge Wicked fan when she was in musical theater school because that is the gossip that spread around that she used to sing Defying Gravity at lunch every day at the <laughs> piano in the lunchroom. So uh, so I know she she's practiced the riff a few times. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> And she would just, it would just relate so well to her fan base and all that, that kind of like idea of being like a misfit and an outcast. That would be, yeah. Yeah, I would, I would definitely. Love, I think Lady Gaga would be, um, would be, that would be great. Or I would also love to see an unknown. Like that would be kind of cool too. Um, but it would be. Yeah. 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 No, if they found just like some brand new, beautiful young girl with a gorgeous, gorgeous voice, that would be fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm trying to. Think of other pop stars that just like can wail right now. There's a few. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. I don't know. We don't have like think, a lot of belting, like defying gravity style belting in pop music right now. So yeah, it's hard yeah, it to kind of like kind place of like people. calm down a little bit. Yeah, um, that that the the screaming days are seem to be ending a little bit. Tragically, even in musical tragically and sadly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and when, I'm also so excited for just like. The, again, the production quality that goes into a movie like that, it's just going to be like, it's going to be bigger and, you know, different, how you can cut across like scenes and do different things. And like, right. I, I think I mean, it's, they're doing... it's something that demands amazing special effects and, and can use it to, um, to, to such big, big epic proportions that I, I can't wait to see that, you know, all the monkeys and oh. going back to Oz and a real vibrant way like that. It'll be incredible. Totally. Um, well, here's another West End story. Well, West End to Broadway. Uh, mark your calendars. The Broadway transfer of the West End hit Harry Potter and the Cursed Child has scheduled its first performance date. The two I've never play, heard of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is that? What is that? Yeah. <laughs> um, Don't know what it is. Uh, the two-part play will begin previews on March 16th, 2018 at the Lyric Theater and will officially open on April 22nd. Seven stars of the original West End cast will reprise their their roles on Broadway. Jamie Parker will play Harry Potter with um, Noma Dumezwani as Hermione Granger. Um, can you tell that I didn't read that name uh, prior to recording this? Uh, Paul Thornley as Ron Weasley. Poppy Miller as Ginny Potter. Sam Clement as Albus Potter. Alex Price as Draco Malfoy. And Anthony Boyle as Scorpius Malfoy. Uh, the cast will also all include right. four children who will alternate two roles. Um, now, Harry Potter, did you, have you seen The Cursed Child or read it? I, 
I have read it. I have not seen it. It doesn't read as well as I hear it plays. Um, I liked it. Yeah, I I thought it was just fine. Um, But, you know, I was like, well, I would really like to see this, especially because Hoggett is involved. Stephen Hoggett, who I like worship with, you know, um, every fiber of my being because I just love him and love his work so much. Um, So I'm really excited to see it on stage because I've had so many people go and just say like, no, 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 it really is remarkable. Um, Because and I am a a huge Harry Potter fan and and I love J.K. Rowling so much. But when I read it, I wasn't like, wow, this is incredible. You know, I was like, yeah, "Ah, interesting. That's a lot of the critique I heard about it, because it's like, you know, you have people that are like, oh, keep like the with the big, broad fan base of it. They're like, oh, they were expecting another Harry Potter book. And it's like, have you ever right when you read a play? It's not like. It's not the best. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a very, very different experience. And I think that it, for all of us was like, oh, I, I don't know why I was expecting something else. I Now I just need to see this up and live. Um, so I think that's what was lacking from reading it because it was marketed and thrown at us almost like it was a new book. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you, you were just like, wait, oh, okay, so... Uh, now I, I want to see it on its feet. It's like reading a pilot, but not really understanding how it's going to be done. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of things that are upcoming on Broadway, just announced this week, Pretty Woman the Musical has found its stars. Uh, Tony winner Steve Kazee is taking on the role of Edward Lewis in the new show, with Les Miserables film star Samantha Barks playing the prostitute nice. who wins his heart, Vivian Ward. The roles were, of course, made famous by Richard Gere and Julia Roberts in the Smash 1990 film before hitting Broadway in the fall of 2018. So many exciting things happening in the fall of 2018. Uh, Pretty Woman the Musical will play a five-week run at Chicago's Oriental Theater starting on March 13th, 2018. So if you live in Chicago, go see it before it goes to Broadway. Uh, Two-time Tony winner Mm -hmm. Jerry Mitchell is directing and choreographing, so that'll be be fun. Um, It includes a score by... Chart-topping rocker Brian Adams and Jim Valance, and a f- book by the film's screenwriter J.F. Lawton and late director Gary Marshall. It will open on Broadway in fall 2018 at the Nederlander Theater. Now, yes. uh, movies being made into... I feel like we've seen this a lot with... Um, I mean, there was like Groundhog Day, and just throughout history, there's been a lot of like movies adapted. Are you for it? Are you against it? What are your... What are your what's your position? Well, I'm definitely for it, especially because my, um, uh, for this one, at least, <laughs> especially because, um, one of my best friends and my co-writer, uh, Will Van Dyke is the musical director on it. So oh, okay. congrats, Will Van Dyke. This is a massive project for him. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, with, with Will doing the music direction, I, I'm really excited about it. You know, there's been a few not great movie musicals in the past. Uh, but I think, I do think that if this is done right, it could be really, really lovely. People are really, you know, fond of the film and I, I'm excited to see what they do. I love Steve Kazee so much and I think he's the right choice for this. And, um, I think if it's done in a real kind of contemporary way and, uh, has a real, uh, pop rock feel then it will it will be good i think it's when things get kind of too cheesy and too musical theatery and when they're doing a movie musical that it might suffer so yeah um yeah i'm i'm hoping for the best i obviously obviously am because i'm i'm 
so excited about Will's involvement. Yeah, so. your friend is on the project. You don't want it to just <laughs> crumple and fail. No. That would be, that would be very mean. Um, no, and he's so excited about the music. Every time I ask him about it, he's like, it's really good. I'm like, all right. <laughs> all right. Well, then we're excited. Well, then we're excited for it, too. If the music's good. Listen, I mean, I feel like the best thing, because the story is there. The story is successful you know i mean it's obviously proven to be a successful story in the movie so like just the thing is like when you add the music let's and if the music is good you know it's a yeah it'll be good um here's a speed round of stories because i don't have enough time to talk about like each of these individually and copy and paste an article from playbill to read um (laughs) so speed round philippa sue and uh both philippa sue and adina menzel got married this weekend they didn't marry to each other much to my chagrin, because that would be a power couple. Uh, <laughs> that would be. Um, so congratulations out there. Congrats, to, you to guys. Uh, Stark Sands and Billy Porter are back at Kinky Boots. Uh, they, Yay. of course, played the original roles. That's so exciting. If you're in New York or around New York, go see Kinky Boots. Because, I mean, come on, Billy Porter's Lola, that's, you got to see that. Yeah. And then yes. uh, Jason Mraz, they just announced for Waitress today, uh, Jason Mraz will be playing Dr. Pometer. Pometer, pometer, pometer. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> it's just Sarah Bareilles bringing in her, more of her friends to play the roles, which is fun. Yeah, um, no big deal. Yeah, he, but it's interesting. I read online that he was on the original concept album of the musical. Oh, awesome! So that so now he's coming and out. and he's an AMDA student, so he it does come from the musical theater world. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Way back in the day, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, here's a story that I just I was just on Twitter right before we started uh, recording, and I saw that Mean Girls on October third they're and they're having their box office open, and at their box office opening they're bringing in trucks of cheese fries for everyone who gets tickets because there's oh that quote God. in the movie that's like where she's like whatever I'll just go get cheese fries, and oh my God um, so they're bringing in trucks. <laughs> I love personally I follow a lot of the cast um and they are so extra about being in Mean Girls and I'm obsessed with yeah. it. They did just yesterday yeah. it was Wednesday and they had like on um, their entire cast was taking pictures all in pink and cuz on Wednesdays we wear pink and so I'm just <laughs> I'm on board and excited for everything that's happening with Mean Girls. <laughs> I mean I I I can't wait to see what it is. I really Really, like I love I love those three girls so much, um, and uh, yeah, I, I have no idea what's going to happen with it, but I can only anticipate good things. Everything that I'm seeing is so spot on in terms of the marketing. We haven't heard anything from it, but like I just I have a feeling it's going to be really, 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 really fantastic. Yeah. I mean, Tina Fey wrote the book, and just like it's going to be, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's all the news. There was so much. I think that was like nine stories. Um, I would like to put out a nice. public service announcement to Broadway press offices. Some of us run theater news podcasts and don't like to do nine <laughs> stories because we have fan questions to get to. So please limit your stories. <laughs> Just uh, calm down. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. But uh, speaking of the fan questions, let's get into them. Um, Who's got a question for the guest? Let's hope it doesn't. Make them depressed. Yes. Uh, I posted last night, and there was, like, an overwhelming amount of questions. I think I got, like, five people who just, like, commented, oh, my God. So Aww. there's some good ones. You're well-loved by That's the so fans. That's so sweet. Uh, That's very, very kind. I love them. The first one comes from at Mimi Musicals and Things, who asks, favorite role and favorite part of being in Book of Mormon? 
Favorite role? Um, I would have to say my favorite role, like not to necessarily experience. Well, no, the experience was great too, but I think my favorite role is, is Tony in West Side Story. Um, and I wasn't anticipating loving it as much as I did. I was just like, oh yeah, I would love to play Tony. I would love to do that. But once you finally dive into that score and dive into that perfect, perfect book, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's one of the most like, like lovely, thrilling, uh, experiences. And I, I couldn't get over how, how spectacular that score is once I finally sang the role and was involved in the show. And I was fortunate enough to be a part of a really, really special production, uh, uh, at Paper Mill this past summer. Um, and yeah, I just, uh, I, I think that show is always, always going to hold up. I mean, that score is just miraculous. And, um, I loved Tony. Um, my favorite part about my book of Mormon experience, I would have to say the cast. Um, I got to join pretty early on in the show's run and I, I was there with Nikki M James and a lot of, uh, oh, those original guys in the ensemble. And yeah, I mean, uh, most of the cast was still there. Even, uh, even Rory O'Malley was still there when I joined and it was just a wonderful, wonderful group. Um, I'm sure it is now, but, uh, I, uh, you know, I was, I, I felt like I was still a part of that original crew a little bit, especially cause I had done a, a workshop of it years, years and years before, um, in the ensemble. I knew a lot of them from that. And it was just, uh, yeah, going to work every day was a blast because of them. That's so fun. It's so cool that you got to work with like just aspects of the original cast. That's that's fun. How early? Yeah. How many? How many other prices had been there when you got there? How early on were you? It was Andrew Reynolds, and then Nick Rulo was there for a couple months before he went off to Chicago, and then I came in. So, oh, okay. So that's yeah. really and now that's and now Nick Rulo is there still. I yeah. mean, th- that man. <laughs> Nick Rulo will be amazing. there until they will hold his funeral at a Book of Mormon on the stage. Like he will just I'm kind of down and have so much respect for that. He is so, so good in that role. I mean, he was, I saw Andrew originally, but he's who I watched when I went into the show. And I remember mm. sitting there just thinking, God damn, he's fantastic. So <laughs> I love Nick. I love me some Nick Rouleau. Totally. Um, at Chris, Chris, the Swedish fish, uh, asked, yes. what was it like being in jet, being in Jasper in Deadland, it looked like a huge, awesome Ooh. show. Uh, it was. Um, in uh, you know, I loved the experience in Seattle, and I had nothing to knock anything that happened there. But I just, uh, in terms of the kind of like really fond memories I have of it, it is in New York here, just because we threw it together in like two weeks, and we did it in this weird space in a church attic with 80 seats, and oh. it was this band blasting in your face, and um, that was really, really special, and uh, and I that's where I met uh, one of my dearest friends, Bonnie Milligan, and just, uh, and got to work with some really incredible actors on that original production and then we took it out to seattle and blew it up into this huge musical for a 2000 seat theater and that was a whole whole different experience and for good reasons and for you know i think not bad reasons but i think sometimes uh, um pieces should 
stay small. You know, sometimes yeah. they don't necessarily need to expand into into a bigger space. Um, it was uh, it was so special and, and strange off Broadway, and and kind of allowed you to lean forward in your seat and and study it. And um, when it when it got big, it was um, you kind of sat back and had to take it all in in a very different way, you know? Um, so I, I liked, I liked the kind of makeshift production that we did originally. Um, and it, it's kind of allowed me to understand that not everything needs to be a big, big sweeping musical. Yeah, totally. I think that's a, that's a really good point. Um, ooh, favorite guilty pleasure TV show. Ooh, uh, well, let's see. I have a couple, but I will say that I am the most resistant to Real Housewives, and it, my roommate is so obsessed with Real Housewives. <laughs> but what happens? What happens is that I'm resistant because, like, I in theory hate it, and then I sit there and I'm I'm like addicted, and I have all of these opinions about these women, and just like <laughs> I, every time that she. It, I'll, you know, I'll let her watch it. I'm not like, you, you have to turn it off. You have to watch something that I like. Um, and then 30 minutes in, I'm like, okay, so can we talk about Stephanie for a minute? Though? Why she, you know, like I just lose it and get so, so involved. And she'll be like, oh, do you, Rachel Maddow's on? Do you want to watch the news now? And I'll be like, no, we have to finish this. We started, we're going to finish. Uh, so, to uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a Housewives fan, I yeah. think. I have to say, my favorite Guilty Pleasure TV show, just to, like, I, and this is where I, like, kind of betray myself a little bit as a fan, is Gossip Girl, which I know is something that you were a part of. Oh, yes. Can you, like, just talk about that for a second? What was that situation like? Do you know what? I'm such a fan of the show that, like... (laughs) I had the loveliest experience on Gossip Girl, from the producers, from everyone. Like, I, everybody, I think, because they want dirt. They want to be like, so, was Blake mean? Was, you know, like, everybody wants to hear, like, gossipy stories about Gossip Girl. But I will say, (laughs) I have, like, the most boring stories. I went to work. Everyone was so, so nice. Everyone, like, Blake would invite me to her dressing room in between takes, and, like, everyone from day one just treated me like I was another part of the cast, and I would only walk onto set to say, like, hi, Jenny, bye, Jenny, you know? Like, it was was not a deep role that I had there. Um, And, uh, but I was always just amazed by by how kind everyone was and um it was a it was a really really good group they were really happy on set with each other and it seemed like it was a lovely place to get to come to work every day that's fun and um i remember yeah my my strangest uh moment was on set with ed westwick we were just sitting there for like probably 13 hours it was the episode that i was gossip girl and i just remember he like launched into singing benny and the jets and we both <laughs> just sat there singing benny and the jets together for a moment and then he walked away and that was it <laughs> so just like a little benny, benny, and then it was done but uh yeah so uh lovely moments like that and and i can't say enough good things about um blake she was so so sweet to me every time oh. i was on set yeah. Yeah. That is uncomfortably sweet. I really wish you had like said that, you know, someone I know threw a that phone they were like horrible. Like, Naomi Campbell do I'm, I'm trying to think like <laughs> no, no one was nasty. They were all just like really sweet and really funny and weird in their own right. And but I will say like Blake to this day, if I see her out in public, she remembers me and says hi. And on oh, that I nice. can't like 
I know. I can't respect that enough. I think that's just so, so kind and wonderful because I was like, oh, come on. I was, <laughs> you know, you can't actually Eric be, be this nice. on like three episodes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, I just had to get that to you because like what I do. Oh, I love late it. Late yeah. into the Friday nights is just watch. It's on like Netflix now. So what's yeah, weird that's is that where I was I... never, right. And I was never recognized for that show ever. I mean, my God, when it was on. And then now I'm walking down the street and I'll get, I'm sorry, are you on Gossip Girl? I'm like, this is 10 years ago. I look so different now. You must be joking. Yeah, it's oh, uh, it's so like funny. now I get recognized for it. Yeah. And people telling me it's like their favorite show. I'm like, why? And someone was like, it's on Netflix. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. That's where, when you're just like 14-year-olds who are like, oh my gosh, you're on Gossip Girl. And you're like, this show ended five years ago. Yeah, I'm like, this is, you guys, <laughs> this is like talk, me talking about the OC. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. Well, I just, I, like I said, I had to get that. I would have, you know, I would have been very it. sad if I had ended this interview without not talking about Gossip Girl. Um, no, I love it. Uh, at Mether Mac wants to know, what's your favorite character from Book of Mormon slash A Clockwork Orange slash Bye Bye Birdie? Whoa. Not necessarily who Whoa. you played or wish you could play, just yeah. your favorite. Okay. Well, my favorite character from Book of Mormon, um... Cunningham. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what a, what a wonderful, weird and fantastic role. And I think what's so great about the role is that I think at first when Josh Gad left, there was a, a how do we fill the void of Josh Gad? How do we find another Josh Gad? Mm-hmm. And then as soon as, you know, what seems to have happened over the years is that they've just realized it's not about finding Josh Gad. It's just about finding someone that can be their own weird, wonderful, strange and unique self in that role. So we've gotten to see such a range of people play that part now. And um, so I love, I love Elder Cunningham because I think it's, I think the more honest and the more just like um, uh, true to that person's inner clown, it is the better that role is. And um, so we've seen some really special people go through that role now, especially Ben Platt himself. Oh, yeah. Um, Who was your Cunningham? Yeah, he was fantastic. My Cunningham was Cody Strand, who's now in London, and I love him. Oh, boy, do I love him. Um, but I went through a bunch of Cunninghams. When I first got there, it was a little bit of a Cunningham disaster in terms oh, of no. who was playing the role. Yeah, they were just figuring it out, working <laughs> it out. So I didn't really have a Cunningham for a while um i had uh, john bass at first but then he left and then i got cody and that's cody was when i felt like my show finally settled and that was kind of uh, about halfway through my run so <laughs> um so yeah in terms of my cunningham experience it was like whoa there's so many people coming in um i don't really know who i am as price yet but yeah. um once once cody came in i was like ah there we go and then i left cody <laughs> he was like you're <laughs> freaking leaving i was like sorry um but yeah i uh i i love cunningham uh in terms of clockwork orange I would have to say, yeah, the role of Alex is just stunning. And to get to watch John O'Davies, uh, do it every night is, is a delight. He's just such a smart, smart actor and he's really, really ugly. So that's unfortunate. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. I read an interview that said that you guys warm up with a 40 minute workout. I don't act a lot anymore. I used to act like, you know, back in the day. But when I used to act, I would warm up with a little, you know, red leather, yellow leather, and maybe some light stretching. What is that like? Yeah, yeah what is going yep. on after oh, a 40-minute workout? How do you do a show? 
Well, and not just 40 minute workout. I usually do the gym before the workout. Most of us go to the gym before we work out. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's circuit training and, and, uh, getting the blood flowing. Um, it's a really, really, really aggressive show. I think more than just it being about movement, um, it's about the aggression and the testosterone as well. So it's kind of being with each other, feeling that camaraderie and getting that kind of, uh, uh, testosterone working and flowing and making sure everything is turned on and engaged so that we don't hurt ourselves in the show and that mm-hmm. we're hyper aware of each other. Um, I've never done anything like it. In my, you know, 11 years in this business now, I've never, ever, ever had a required warm-up like that. That being said, I do think that it's absolutely vital to the show and to the performances of the show. It's, it is a bizarre experience all around, which is why I encourage people to see it. It is like, I, I completely, I, I've never, ever been in, in, in anything like it. And in terms of the guys and how we work together, yeah, we, we need to have that warm up every day. But yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, circuit training and uh, cardio and stretching and every day. That's doing crazy. it today. Crazy. I can't even, I can't uh, even no. imagine. Um, at a musical trash can asks favorite show you that you haven't been in. Favorite show that, oh, hair. <laughs> yeah. That's my quick, quick answer. I say it all the time everywhere. And I think it's just because I feel that age now and creeping in and I'm like, oh, I never did hair. I would love uh, to do a hair somewhere <laughs> before before this is like too late, um, <laughs> which I think it already is, is like a little too late. Yeah, um, I've got those gray hairs coming in. I'm like, come on, Listen, uh, but cover no, up with I, a long wig, I, and you're good to go. Exactly, that's what I say. Um, I would I would love to do maybe a nice regional hair just somewhere, just so I can sing Claude once. It's a uh, it's a dream role of mine, and one of my biggest influences growing up was was that musical, and why I think I got into musical theater. So I, oh, I that's love, a cool I love one to hair. like be why you got into musical theater. Everyone is like ragtime or like My Fair Lady, and you're like, oh no. Oh hair. yeah, no. Mine was hair and, and rent. Yeah. I had mine was the rock musicals. I was like, this is why you do musical theater. I was, to rock. Know. To hardcore rock. Yeah, to rock. <laughs> to like scream and and, and be free. <laughs> this actually kinda of, kinda of ties into the next question, which is from at Jess underscore lore, who says dream roll. Yeah, well be, there you go. From hair? It absolutely and I, I, I because I keep getting asked that lately in, in interviews and I'm like, I keep using this answer and now it's starting to sound like a little desperate and ridiculous. But like <laughs> I, I've had the fortune of playing a lot <clears throat> of my dream roles and I have not played Claude. So I'm just going to keep putting it out there. I would love to do Claude somewhere, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, JM underscore Grimm wants to know what's the best part. What was the best part of being in the bear pop, a pop opera cast recording? I think, um, to this day, it's been the response and the fans of bear. Um, my experience, it's so funny. I, I know it seems like because I'm on that recording, I must've had this sweeping experience with that musical, but I really <laughs> did not. Um, I was asked to do it about two weeks before we recorded it. I couldn't believe that it was happening because I was just like a swing in Spring Awakening at the time, an offstage swing even. And, uh, and all of a sudden, I just like 
was flown out to LA, recorded it in four days, read the lines off of the script, which is why like a lot of the book stuff is just so bizarre on that recording (laughs) as much as I love that recording. Um, but I was literally like reading off the script and we did it all jam packed in four days. I like met James Snyder on the last day, even though that we already recorded a bunch of duets together. Um, because that's just how you do those duets. And, um, and then I was flown back and then now it's got this, you know, legacy to it this this recording especially i mean it's kind of like gossip girl where it's like because of the internet because it's on the internet in some places that people have like you know found it yeah it's really like really really stunning i had no i i had no idea that it would live on the way that it has because people are still discovering it kind of like to this day and uh yeah i mean I've had I've had such amazing and emotional stories uh, from fans about Bear and how it's affected them and how it's helped them and how um, important it was to them growing up. So I am just so honored to have been a part of it. And but in terms of the actual experience, my experience with Bear and the recording has been the aftermath. You know, yeah. the actual recording. Like James and I, we've gotten to know each other now because we're both in, you know, around each other a lot in this business and have done a lot of readings together and everything, but we joke about it all the time. Like we're singing all these love duets on one album together and we never even like met when we did that. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it was, it was a quick and, and, uh, kind of crazy little experience in LA and, and then the aftermath has been just incredible. Yeah. Um, at Lou, Blue, I think that's how you say this. I said it wrong last week too. Uh, says, do you have any fun back backstage stories? Oh gosh. Oh, what is the name of that? There was a hooker musical in the nineties uh, and I should know the name of it, but, um, <laughs> oh gosh, it's on the tip of my tongue and everyone's like rolling their eyes at me right now listening oh, to this podcast, but Cody's yeah. Cody Strand used to come into my dressing room at singing it. And uh, in just his like um, his bathrobe and the, <laughs> the main song to it was it's my body and my business is nobody's business but my own. And he just like if I was in the worst mood, he would just come in and sing it and strip his bathrobe off and throw his arm up into the air. And that little lovely man would make me laugh so (laughs) so hard so yeah there was some strange strange things backstage between cody and i we were we were quite the pair um and in terms of just recently with sweeney todd uh alex my joanna and i were best friends and um we're insane backstage we used to play hide and seek and chase each other like we were little kids backstage and (laughs) we're both you know i'm in my 30s she's you know in her late 20s and yet we were like we would do like fake parkour <laughs> where oh, we'd that. run and like jump off the walls and stuff like that <laughs> and like make horribly loud noises backstage and get yelled at all the time and then like run and laugh about it like giddy and hide. Like, I mean, it was really bizarre. I've never had that relationship with anyone where like, like we see each other now and we get right back into it. It's like, Ooh, hi. <laughs> like <just laughs> dorks, like weird little kids together. So. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds fun. Uh, this is have to be the last question, I think, because I think we, they're almost at our time. Uh, yeah. The craziest role you've ever played? 
Oh, that would absolutely be what I'm currently doing. Yes. <laughs> I, don't think there's, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, and that has, like, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Like, the fact that I can say today that the craziest role I'm doing is the role I'm doing now is is impressive. Um, I, you know, I play one of the droogs in Clockwork Orange right now, and I'm a psychopath. I, uh, I'm murderous. I'm, I'm disturbed and... And, uh, very dark and very sad. And, uh, then I, you know, play a bunch of other very strange and bizarre roles, uh, along the way in this wacky, weird, and wonderful little Clockwork Orange universe that we've built. I think what's so amazing about every single version of Clockwork Orange from the book to the film to this is that it's been done in a very unique way and was always polarizing and was always, um, either understood and embraced by a select few or literally like, um, like gasped and, and banned at, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, so we've got this kind of similar situation where people are either walking out in the first 15 minutes or not understanding why it's a physical theater piece or not understanding why it's all men or love the Kubrick film or love the book or how could you do this? Or how could you do that? Or they're on the flip side of it and they just go, I get it. And they love it. <laughs> and, uh, I've never done anything like that. It is so wildly polarizing and inventive and wonderful. And I'm, I'm kind of loving every second of it. Even when, even when some of my closest friends walk up to me afterwards and if they tell me they love it, that's fantastic. But if they tell me, look me dead in the eye and they go, Oh no, <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> great, great. I love this because now I can have a conversation with you about it. And I love that it's caused such a visceral reaction in you. And that's, that's exciting. I think that's why we do what we do. Totally. Um, okay. Well, that was, thank you so much for answering, um, all those questions. Sorry, you guys, if we did not get to your question, you know, time constraints and whatnot. Um, is there anything that you want to shamelessly plug slash where can the people find you? Yes. I'm going to shamelessly plug that I'm doing, um, a pops concert with the New York pops, um, at Carnegie hall on October 27th. Fancy. Yes. Um, I'm absolutely just like floored that it's happening. Um, so, so grateful. Uh, so I'm doing that with, um, Ali Ewalt, who's amazing. And Christine in Phantom of the Opera, we all know her from, um, she's, just brilliant and we're doing some really 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 lovely pieces i don't think i'm like supposed to talk about them but you guys like expect some like west side expect some like sweeping duets and um and some some great jazzy solos so um yes i'm excited about that and uh you can buy my album on itunes called uncontrolled and also just yeah come see clockwork orange Test your boundaries. It's really, really, really lovely and interesting work, and I love these guys so much. And um, I'm, I'm really excited with the the piece. So thank you for having me on, Mitch. Oh, no problem. I'm so happy. And where can the uh, the people find you on the internet? Oh, yes. Um, Matt F., as in Frank, no, just Matt F. Doyle <laughs> at Twitter um, and Matt F. Doyle on Instagram. Same handle. You can find me there. And uh, yeah, all my information's there. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at 
B-Way Beat Podcast. I've been putting so much work into my Twitter, you guys. That sounds like a ridiculous statement, but it's hard to be clever and funny, so please go follow me on there. Um, and Twitter's on, tough. And, yeah, it is. It's hard to be funny. <laughs> Especially, like, nowadays. It's, like, really hard to, like, have well, a Well, some people are so funny that you just feel yeah. so inferior that it's not even. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then on Instagram, at Broadway Beat Podcast, I have links to the episodes. I have really cute promo art, so um, it's really cute. Go follow me there. But we just want to say, Thank you to Matt for coming on the show. This has been, it's been really fun. Thank you guys. Yes, I know. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Yeah, whenever you're, if you ever want to come back on here and talk about some more Broadway news, answer some fan questions. uh, Yeah. Hell yes. Um, I love that. And then, yeah. Oh, and then we end the show saying, if, uh, have a great day, even if you only have 10 minutes left in your day, have a great one. Bye guys. Yes. Bye. Don't be sad. Don't feel weak. Broadway Beat will be back next week.